0: Welcome to the Design Imposter Podcast, where we unravel the enigmatic realm of imposter syndrome. My name's Mooning Jenkins. And I'm Jessica Vallis.
1: We're two agency owners who've boldly faced the reality of imposter syndrome. We'll share relatable stories
0: and practical insights that empower designers and business owners just like you. Together, we'll help you conquer self doubt and unleash your true potential. Get ready to unveil your true brilliance. Welcome to Design Imposter. Welcome back to the Design Imposter Podcast. I'm Monique, joined by Jessica, and today we're discussing a crucial skill that every professional should know. It is the art of saying no. Uh, let's talk about setting boundaries, prioritizing your well-being, ensuring the quality of your work. Um, I just want to say that this episode, and then if you were here a while ago, the money episode—two favorite topics: talking about money and saying no to people—are my favorite things. Not in that order either. (laughs) (laughs) Jessica, uh, this is a topic close to our hearts, isn't it?
1: Yes, definitely, Monique. Learning to say no is essential for our professional growth and our personal sanity. Um, Trust your gut. If it doesn't feel right, it's probably not. And it doesn't matter what the situation is. It could be work-related. It could be personal life-related. It could be should I eat this bag of chips? And you're questioning yourself. If it feels like the answer is no, it's probably no. Um, oh, and here's one. If you're shopping and you're like, oh, my gosh, should I get this outfit? Then Or whatever it is, if it's not a clear yes, like, oh, my God, I have to have it, then it's a no. And also, if God wanted you to have it, he would have put it on sale. So mm-hmm. just, just a couple things to think of. Um, but you want to make sure you say no, because you don't want to find yourself in a situation where you don't feel comfortable. So learn from this experience to strengthen the resolve of all of your future no's. Yes,
0: uh, I say no to everything. I say no to things that I'm going to end up doing anyway. Yes, you At do. Any- <laughs> you say no, and then you do it anyway. You want to talk about something? Nope. You want to work on this project? Nope. You want to make this logo? Nope. I I can sign up for it and I'll still say no. Um, But let's discuss why it's important to say no. For me, uh, it's about maintaining a balance between work life and personal life. Um, If you listen to one of previous episodes, there was a point in my time where I was experiencing burnout and I did not have the capacity to say no. Um, And I just, I said yes to everything. Every single little thing in the world, I said yes to, and you just have to, figure out how to, how to balance the realities of what yes means for everything that you are. Uh, what about you, Jessica? Work-life balance for sure.
1: You'll find that life takes a nosedive when you overcommit yourself to 100 events or tens of little side projects. Saying no could also be in regard to a prospective client that just doesn't feel right. Maybe your values don't align. The project is beyond your scope of work or your expertise. Um, ultimately, the inability to say no can impact your mental health, too. So that's something to consider.
0: Yeah. I feel like Jessica just took a jab at me with committing yourself to 100 events. You know. I that did. That. I, I, I had that yeah. <laughs> with you. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> she said that with me and mine. Yeah, well, you're like, like, oh, I yeah, I already
1: planned 24 events for the year. I'm like, she needs to calm down. I
0: have a problem okay guys I have a problem and I need help um but yeah I will say I'm very I think that for me uh saying no is harder on a personal level so with family and friends it's much easier for me to overcommit myself to things as far as work is concerned it's much easier for me to be like no I don't want to do that like I mean it and I'm I'll have a smile on my face I will be joking with you but I mean no and I mean that a hundred percent. Stand on that, bro. The easiest uh, way so, to say no
1: is just to delete an email and move on.
0: Yeah, <laughs> look, <laughs> never look back. That. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I'm like, I I've worked at organizations where I told coworkers hard pass. So no, for me, dog ain't gonna do that. No, absolutely not. So you just have to figure out, you know, what you want and and why. Uh, this no is important for you. Whether that frees up your ability to do more things that you actually want to do or reduces the cognitive load of something that you absolutely do not find interest in, it's just easy to be like, no. And no is a complete sentence and you don't owe anybody an explanation after that no. It's just no.
1: Very good. So what are some challenges in saying no?
0: Uh, I think that uh, at least for me, the struggle of saying no, uh, is a uh, fear of missing out or disappointing other people. Uh, I, I, re- I very much don't like to disappoint people. Um, and whenever I feel like I've said no to something, I, let me tell you something. I, I mean, no, every time I say yes. Um, basically, even when we commit to like events that we went to, I think we went to an event uh, a couple weeks ago in Towson, As soon as I get in the car, I'll be like, Monique, why did you sign up for this? You know you want to be a part of this. Every single event that I host, on the way to the venue, this sucks. Who do I think I am setting up events outside of my house? I could be in my pajamas right now. That's the conversation in my head. It's not until (laughs) the event is over that I'm like, this was incredibly fruitful. This felt amazing. It felt great to get to know people and to see people actually in person because COVID is... Still here, very much alive. I just won't put that out here. Um, but, you know, we, we all know the measures to keep ourselves safe. Um, so I, um, I struggle with the idea of missing out on something, and that forces me to go to some things. By and large, I felt after the event is over that that was very fruitful and I needed to be there. But there are some events that I said did not want to go to, and I should not have been to. I should have stayed right home. Um, so... Uh, What about you, Jessica? Can you share a time where you felt uh, or you found it difficult to say no?
1: Um, I'm not sure if there's one singular instance that stands out, but the most frequent ones were at the beginning of my career, especially when I started um, my design agency. When I just said yes to every single project at every single price point, somebody could only afford this at $200 great, I can do it at $200, even though it's, you know, ultimately, I'm going to have to spend uh, $800 of my time on it. Um, Keeping in mind, my business took off during COVID. So any money felt like good money. Um, But it was a good learning experience about valuing my time and skills. But kind of going on to the, oh, I don't want to do this. And then afterwards, you're like, oh, it's great. Husband's. They are notorious for this. You'll be like, oh, we're going to go do this on this day. And then we're going to go do this. And like, I just want to be home. Yep. And you force them to go. And then after they're, they're like, yeah, that was a nice time. And you're like, kind you of trust me sometimes. There's a difference between not being able to say no and just being an introvert.
0: Yeah. Just say it. Brian is the extrovert in this relationship and I hate it for him. Uh, I don't like it at all. It's not the thing I want for him. Um, but yeah, um, I think f- for me, if I'm going to give it another example, let me see. Yeah. I, I, I basically want to say no to everything. Uh, I don't want to be doing anything. I just want to be sitting on a beach in a bathing suit with, uh, Megan Thee Stallion's body, um, living my best life, y'all <laughs> just working on someone's beach, <laughs> but I have to say no to that. Cause I'm eating too many Cheetos. Um, you did say no to eating chips. I also felt like that was an attack against me because I'm not going to say no to a potato chip. I'm just not. I will yeah. go to the gym and work it off, <laughs> I'm part of that off. I'm
1: going to um, go to the gym and then I'm going to eat a piece of cake. Uh,
0: that's a hundred percent accurate. It doesn't equate. <laughs> yeah, burn five hundred calories at the gym, eat
1: a thousand. It works out. Yep, um,
0: the math works. That is that is exactly where I live. <laughs> my best way <laughs> over here going to the gym, getting a steak immediately thereafter. I worked for that steak. So let's do that. (laughs) My trainer hates me. Uh, Let's share some strategies. Um, I found that being honest and direct, um, yet respectful, is key. Um, And it's not just about uh, declining, but explaining your rationale. Sometimes. Sometimes, again, no is a sentence. And it's okay to use that. But sometimes I think that you owe... The other person, depending on the situation, because you don't owe nobody nothing, um, a little bit of context into why your no is a no. So, like for instance, if you were working with a client um and you had an initial call with them and you got them to fill out um mm-hmm. paperwork and things like that, questionnaires about their business and things, you know, of that nature, I think that you owe them a little bit of uh little bit of context as to why you don't feel comfortable taking on their project or why it's not a fit or alignment with, like, your business. Uh, what about you? Absolutely. Um,
1: offering alternatives can help, like, suggesting a later timeline or referring them to someone else. So if someone was like, Jessica, I have a logo design project for you, but my budget's only $500. Do you think you could help? I could respond back and say, unfortunately, I don't think I'll be able to take on additional work at the moment. But I do have a few other designers in mind who might love the opportunity Uh, Could I pass on the referral? And I don't think I've ever met anybody who was like, No, I only wanted to work with you.
0: Yeah. Um, At at the end of the day,
1: (laughs) clients want to work with, they just want the work done.
0: Yeah. And I think sometimes that's a good way to establish a relationship with other designers and to figure out, you know, how someone could white label underneath your brand or services or, you guys develop a communal relationship where they're, they on the other end of that might be like, hey, you know, I have a website design project. I'm not really great at that. I could pass this to Jessica because she's passed my work before and I feel comfortable and confident in her skill set to send that over to her.
1: Yeah, this option of referring someone makes yeah. me think of Miracle on 34th Street. And I only mention this because it's Christmas time and I've watched this Santa refers Macy customers to gimbals, and as a result, Mr. Macy is getting great publicity, and he says, We'll be known as the helpful store, the friendly store, the store with a heart, the store that places public service ahead of profits. And consequently, our profits will double. You know, like, Yeah. So, you know, people will be like, oh, Jessica is so caring. She's taking care of me. And... Then they'll be like, okay, Jessica. Later on in the project, like, do you think you he could help now? And You could be like, maybe or maybe
0: not. Yeah, uh, I've never seen Maribel on 34th Street*. Um, you gotta watch the Lattie. black and white
1: one, the original, OG. All right,
0: I I'll set that up for this weekend. Um, but yeah, I think that that you know that scene is an amazing one where if you can't help someone, you can refer them to someone who is going to help them, and they will think in their heads oh, Monique or Jessica or whomever was really helpful in this moment when I really, really needed someone. Whenever I have a piece of work that I think they're qualified to do, let me go back to them or let me refer someone to them because they were helpful in a way um, that wasn't, you know, aligned with like them actually profiting from things, but also was just being like a decent human.
1: Yeah, saying, um, no, saying no doesn't mean that you are a negative person. Sometimes yeah. saying no is the best thing you can do for yourself and the client. Especially if you don't feel like yeah. you're a good fit. So again, this was a polite way of saying, eh, I don't really want to do this project. But um, you know, it benefits you and it benefits the client. Yep.
0: Double win. So what's another way that you could say no without feeling guilty?
1: I remind myself that saying no to one thing means saying yes to something else. Often something that's more important to me. For example, saying yes to an event on a Thursday night in Baltimore when I live in Pennsylvania means that my husband needs to rush home from work, which automatically sets the two of us up for a stressful evening. If the evening is meant to close on a $100,000 client, that would be a different story. But if it's just a small networking event, I have to put the welfare of my family first because my family is important to me. So I would rather not go to an event than have my husband be stressed. And then when I get home, he's stressed and that negativity or stress comes down onto me. Or it's saying yes to a teaching job. And now all of a sudden, you've got to take time out of your workday to go down to class. And that's two hours to drive. And then you've got to set up the lesson plans. And you're like, I had a schedule where I would work on client projects from like nine to five and now I've got to interrupt my day to go do this thing instead so think about your peace of mind and what saying no means it means yes I can dedicate more time to my agency versus I'm going to switch things up and I'm going to change my state of mind several times throughout the day
0: yeah again you guys heard it first this is the third time Jessica attacked me uh, in this episode (laughs) Number three. This is the third infraction where she she just threw a slight jab in there. It's cool, it's cool, it's cool. I'm, I'm gonna continue with episode. I more. didn't drop any names. Um,
1: <laughs> I did not say
0: anything. <laughs> she just I'm giving generalities y'all, what, y'all, y'all see what is happening here. Don't okay. Okay. Um, let's dive into some situations. Uh so situation one is Monique is hosting a uh, bunch of events in January and someone asks me or you um, a last minute to come see- speak at a small company event being already stretched thin for the month. So which means you're already stretched thin for the month. How do you respond?
1: Monique, can you come in to be a speaker at my firm and talk about UX design this week?
0: Hell no. <laughs> Hard no. <laughs> 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 um no i i think that i would say look I, you know unfortunately january is a busy month for me i've already committed myself to three events for this month so i, I can't help with this one but um i have a friend Davia, who is available and willing to help talk about ux design in this context she said that she's available for the day and time that you're looking for or sometimes you don't have to offer up you know a secondary sometimes you could say unfortunately i've already i'm already overbooked for this month i can't do it if uh things change on your end and you end up having to reschedule the event or you have something later in the year you'd be interested in me speaking at, i'd be happy with that hmm let me think of a hypothetical situation for you um so let's say um i'm gonna make this a real scenario uh, make it a jab at me pretty frequently. Is that is that Which, Jeff? I I'm usually I've been the kind one in this episode Okay, y'all. go ahead, go uh, ahead. <laughs> Let's say you um just took on a project for uh $5,000. You got another uh client that reached out for a project for 10,000. You have another client who reached out with a project for 3,000 and then your fourth client project, they came in and said they had a $60,000 budget. How do you say no? And who do you say no to?
1: So just to clarify, are all of these projects coming in at the same exact time?
0: Yep. Same time. Very similar timelines.
1: Okay. So the first thing I might do is to, one, evaluate what these three smaller companies are. If I feel like I'm going to make a difference, because we cannot just count out these smaller businesses... Um, They're providing value to their communities. So if I feel like working on this project would provide value to the community, I might not say no, but I would refer them to a subcontractor or somebody that white labels under me um, because it would be something that I would be proud of. Now, the $60,000 project, that would would take me. That's me being more hands-on with the client because I am the face of the company. Um, but having those four projects going on, those three under 10K projects, they would be deferred to somebody else. And
0: I would put them as a point person for those projects. Let me tell you what Monique would do. She'd say yes to everything. She would be scrambling her little life. Well, just legs just dangling in the water, just swimming for her life. <laughs> Uh, trying to t- try to do four projects. At once. <laughs> I probably would use a self-contract too. Um, but um, I think sometimes it's, it, I mean, same scenario. I think sometimes it's OK to say no. Um, sometimes, you know, clients that have a bit of a smaller budget are a lot more they need a, a lot more handholding through the process than someone who mm-hmm. has a bigger budget. But you have to figure out if the three smaller budgets, even though they do equate to almost half of what the sixty thousand dollars project is worth, um, actually works for you. Actually, is going to you know help you uh, get to the place where you ultimately trying to go for your business for that month or whatever the case is. Or you could subcontractor them out and hand them off, but you're still the point person. Like you're still the one responsible for all the project. Um, maintenance that needs to happen. So you you still act as a PM, um, a project manager for those projects. No matter if you push them off to a subcontractor, you still need to check in with the client. You still need to make sure they're comfortable with the direction. You still need to check in with the subcontractor and make sure they're doing what they need to be doing because they are a representation of your business at the end of the day. So it still requires some cognitive load on your part, even if you're not the one that's physically creating the thing um, in order for a client to... uh, acid on.
1: I would also say that with those three other projects, I would probably be much more direct with the client. Um, So in my contracts, I say there's only two revisions. There's, well, one really. You send me the copy the first time around, and then after we review the site together, if you want to make content changes, you only have one more opportunity. So if I was working on this larger, more demanding client, and my three other clients were like, oh, I have more changes. Oh, I have more changes. Instead of going in and making these changes ad hoc, I think that's the right Uh use for it. Um, I would probably say, okay, all of your changes need to go into this document and I will do it one time. So actually having the larger client is then making me more effective in my work with these smaller projects. So I could actually probably knock them out a little sooner. Um, But if I was just completely overwhelmed or this $60,000 client was going to turn into... Uh, a retainer client or there was just a lot more opportunity than... i probably say no but i always refer people yeah i'm never just like a straight up no unless the values just do not align with me um yeah otherwise i'll I'll refer it
0: yeah yeah i think sometimes it's really hard to i think we talked about this in our other episode but sometimes it's really hard to pass up money when you just start a business Um, so you're just like yes, 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 yes to a bunch of things. But I think that what I've found in my business at least is it's better to say yes to one client at 60k um than it is to say yes to a hundred clients at you know five hundred dollars and be scrambling trying to get a million things done. So sometimes the one big client is what you need, and the 15, 20, 30 other smaller clients, um, are going to cause you a bit of a headache because now you're scrambling trying to do too many things with with not as many resources.
1: And this could actually lead to creative burnout if you're doing 100 of the $500 projects because you're doing things so repetitively that you're not giving yourself space to be creative. So now you're doing things that are templated. Things are starting to look the same. You're not feeling inspired. You don't want to do it anymore. Whereas if you have one large project from one client you're able to get all this inspiration work with a bunch of people who inspire you and push you and um so sometimes there's just more opportunity with something that's larger uh for yeah. one creative avoiding creative burnout but also you know
0: your your health and well-being yeah And as always, collect your money up front. Um, (laughs) uh, That is the end of this episode on the art of saying no. Um, I think it's very much just about making sure that you have alignment with what you're doing and that you're you're not afraid to say no. I think that's that level of fear coming in and saying no kind of plays on our own relative insecurity. So uh, remember that no is a skill. It takes practice. It's crucial for your growth you have to get comfortable with doing it. Um, And the more that you do it, the more comfortable you'll become overall.
1: Yes. And don't forget to check out our website for more details, blog posts, information, and maybe different scenarios on saying no and evaluating what's most important to you. So thank you for joining us on the Design Impostor podcast. Keep setting those boundaries and saying yes to what truly matters. As we wrap up our captivating journey on today's episode of Design Imposter, we want to leave you with an
0: empowering message. Self-doubt may be a universal experience, but it should never define your worth or potential.
1: Embrace the power of your unique voice, trust in your intuition and abilities, and continue creating
0: fearlessly. Remember, you belong in this space, and your contributions are immensely valuable.
1: Know that you are never alone on this journey, we stand by your side, ready to support and celebrate you and your business every
0: step of the way. Thank you for joining us today and being an essential part of the Design Imposter community.
1: Don't forget to subscribe. Follow us at Design Imposter Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and leave a review to help other imposters find us. Until we meet again, keep those headphones ready.